Hello, you're listening to The Real Answers Podcast. This is Michael Martin with the National Wood Flooring Association. And my co-host today is Chris Zizza, president of CNR Flooring in Boston. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing all right, man. Rolling through Ohio today, believe it or not. What are you doing in Ohio? Uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of flooring, a little bit of fun. Graf is out here in Portsmouth. Shout out to Graf. I'm actually heading down to Tennessee uh, I'm just on the road doing that wood flooring thing that we do every day. And um, so, I don't know. I got some ideas about what we want to talk about, Michael, but what about you? You got anything on your hot off the presses you need me to address? Or can I just jump right in with the shit that's going on in my life? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yours is probably far more interesting. I was going to talk a little bit, though, about uh, quietly quitting. Have you heard that term? Quietly quitting? Yes. Interesting. Bring me up. Well, it's, I think it's a mislabel a little bit, but earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal put out a piece and the Today Show did a piece on this new trend that we're seeing that maybe uh, we're learning from Gen Z, which is um, basically, you know, you, you come in, you do your job and that's it. Um, so it's not really about quitting. It's more about knowing where your boundaries are and not going the extra mile and just doing what the bare minimum is. And I just wondered if you were seeing any of that out in the field, not necessarily, of course, with your team, but in general. Yeah. So interesting you bring that up because if quietly quitting is drawing the line in the sand and only doing what's required, um, yeah, we see plenty of that out there. But so let's take this time to to remind everybody that, that that's actually not how to do it. I, I disagree with the philosophy entirely. And I'll, I'll give a couple of real life examples that just went down the pipe for us here at CNR. When people draw the line in the sand and they don't, you know, we get the no, I can't do it or I can't be there. I have staff members that have said that to a customer and I get wind of it. And then I call the customer and I go, all right, let's talk about what your real deadline is and how we can help you achieve your goal. And I step in the middle of that and I, I try to move the puzzle pieces across the board. So you owners out there, you, you need to show your staff that you're willing to do extra all the time so that we do get through it and keep our clients happy. Um, and so I run into that, Michael, but I'm not a fan of it. Well, I had an incident like that this week. As you know, I've been trying to get my master bathroom done for two years. And uh, that was four plumbers ago. And they don't really just quit. They just don't show up. And then they don't show up. And then they do a little bit, and maybe they didn't have all the parts, and then they just don't come back. So two years in the making, this bathroom is, and I almost have water this week. But the, the, the funny thing is, is a tile setter guy showed up, and he didn't want to put up the railing because the plumber didn't mark on the, mark on the wall where he wanted it. So I'm like, you're not going to do it because there's not two dots on the wall. Nope, not going to do it. I'm not comfortable doing this. I'm like, well, what if I put the dots there and you can drill the hole where I put them? Because, I mean, I own the bathroom and it's my fault if it goes wrong. He goes, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm going to have to come back. I can't do this. And I'm like, okay. So it took another person. Had to get a whole different guy to come out. It took another three days because he just wouldn't even do his job, let alone go above and beyond. Right. So we have, um, and guys, I, I know I've talked about this in the past. We talk about the opportunity to pick up a new client. And we've been working with a builder um, who is new to our program. We've probably had him uh, as a customer now for about a year. He was handed off to me by one of one of my peers in, in, in my market because they didn't want to go 
as far as where this job was. They wouldn't travel to it. So they said, oh, you should try CNR, you know. So they called me, opened the door, and we've been performing since. And now why is that so relevant? Because we just had an instance where we cannot fit this job on our schedule. And it was a huge house. We did the full sand and finish, but the foyer and the study needed wood added to it. And we had to wait for the walnut to come in. Long story short, guys, the wood came in. And now we've got um, a grand foyer and a study. It was about 860 square feet for the big foyer into his study. And we got no room on the schedule. So two Saturdays in a row, we went in and did this job. And we were able to install it on one weekend, and then we were able to sand it the following weekend. And the owner of the company, I sent him a text last Saturday, and I wrote, Concord is water popped, and we're going to stain it tomorrow. No foot traffic on Monday. Socks only, if completely necessary, to walk along. Now, I sent that on Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, letting the builder know that I was in touch with our job and that my crew was doing their job. And he wrote back to me, yes, we put up the signs today. Your guys will be on it. Uh, they will be on their own tomorrow. Thank you, Chris. Very professional group. And the work looks great. That's not coming from the people that hired us, but that's coming from the owner of, of the development company. Because he was watching the job for the weekend because the site super couldn't come in because he was drawing his line in the sand. The point is, guys, take that opportunity to let the higher ups know when you're doing your job, when you're going above and beyond and doing the extra. Because all this stuff turns into a relationship and this back and forth communication is what we need to do on a regular basis. If the lines of communication are open and everybody believes in what you're doing, then they're not going to question when you tell them you can't get there or it isn't going to happen for this reason. They're going to trust you. And trust is how you keep the customer happy. I mean, that's it. Well done. No, well, I mean, for real, th th these are the things we do. But at the same time, we're all out here trying to, you know, live our life. Uh, speaking of living your life, I would like to give a shout out to Grayson Deal from Our Zen Hardwood in Asheville, North Carolina. Because now, Grayson, uh, I know you're listening because you told me you're always listening. So the funny thing is, I ran into Grayson last week at Fenway Park at a Red Sox game. I'm literally walking to my seat to sit down. And I was with James Toll from Loba, uh, you know, New England, Boston Red Sox fan. And uh, they see us and he starts talking to us. So after the game, went over to talk to him and he said, you know, introduced himself, Grayson introduced his family and he goes, I'm here because, because of you. And I went, what? And he said, balancing life and work. My crew is standing floors and we took a vacation to Boston to come see the Red Sox. And he goes, but floors are getting sanded. So we're getting it done. And that's exactly correct. Uh, good for you, Grayson. And thanks for listening to the show. Told you I'd shout out to you. What I really enjoyed about meeting him and his happy family was that he did understand that you can get wood floors done and still have a life moving towards that goal of, you know, how to have a life and how to plan for what's around the corner. 
I would like to talk about the fact that everybody keeps screaming recession, but the work keeps coming. Right. So what, yeah. So what are you guys doing to combat this? Because we don't know when it's going to dry up. So we have to keep taking as much work as we can and then not upset our customers. So this is what we've been doing. We're between me and my scheduler, my staff, Cheryl and Laura uh, and Chris, my salesman, we do regular lists for what we call schedule updates. And we're posting not just, the, you know, the jobs that are on the schedule, everybody already knows about them. But you as owners are walking out, are out, walking around out there with a list of projects that you know are coming and your staff doesn't know they're coming. So why create a headache for your staff? Shouldn't you be putting this list together and letting everyone know what's around the corner? Um, for us, I know that, that I've got eight units coming into high rise and they're all riffs on oak. And, you know, they're going to come one after the other and they're 3,200 feet apiece. So we're talking 25,000 feet of flooring and my staff doesn't know they're coming. I need to let them know that it's coming. I need to let my installers know it's coming. So everybody's getting ready for when, when it, you know, when it happens, because you know, your builder's going to call and say, we're ready next week. So we, we need to keep a running list of what's coming. And that also enables you to have sales projections. Do we do anything about that, Michael, from a, a sales projection point of view when we're thinking about the expo and who's coming in and who's going out? Oh, sure. I mean, I think the, the best way that we monitor it on a regular basis is to see how we're coming with exhibitors. So if we're ahead of where we were last year, if we're seeing people do smaller sizes or bigger sizes, we kind of judge what's coming up. Um, you know, second way is with, Mag, with Hardwood Floors Magazine, we can see, you know, like this is this time of year, we're typically working on packages with uh, with our partners to go into next year. And if they're starting to slow down as they make those decisions, as opposed to going full speed ahead, that's a pretty good indicator. Uh, we're out doing mill inspections. Clearly, we can see if there's a lot of inventory in, in-house or whether, you know, they're running to get things out the door that were due three days ago. So, you know, there's just signs like that that you can kind of watch to see what's happening. And what I would say, I guess, at this point is it's kind of sporadic. Some people are busy as can be, and some people are starting to see a little bit of a slowdown. And I don't know whether that's geographically as much as it's, or just with, you know, that's just the way it's happening at the moment. But, um, you know, for the most part, we're still hearing you know, everybody's busy. Well, if you're seeing a little bit of a slowdown, I don't have a problem with suggesting that maybe you need to look at your marketing. You know, holidays are right around the corner, and I understand that it's only August, and nobody wants to see Halloween decorations when they walk into the department store. But what I'm trying to say is with holidays right around the corner, it's not a bad time to run an ad and remind people that they might want to clean up their house before they start having guests. And and that gives us, you know, we got about, what, 60, 90 days before the first holiday. And um, and you, you, you get people thinking about getting you into their home. So it's a marketing ploy and it works. And I recommend doing things like that if you're starting to see a slowdown. If you're not starting to see a slowdown, then I recommend mapping out into your schedule. Keep a loose schedule. It's not your official schedule. It's just a list with the jobs that are coming and what month you think they're going to hit. Because then you can see if we're going to finish the year strong. If you're like me, year over year goals, trying to beat last year's sales, which you should be slaughtering last year's sales. I hope you are. Um, 
why not take a look at fourth quarter already and, and think about, are we going to hit our mark? And if we're not, how about we go hunting and try and find some new work? Okay. So, and, and when you're looking at new work, it's an opportunity to show your, your new clients, your builders, what you, what you do different than their guy. If you got a new builder, and by the way, if you're not walking around testing your wood all the time, subfloor moisture content, hardwood uh, delivery, moisture content, and let them and then send them the, the, the pictures of the meter. Hey, your wood got delivered. We did the test. Here's your, and the guy's going, geez, my, my floor guy doesn't do that. I can tell you that as a wood floor inspector, in the, I can tell you that as a wood floor inspector, I was in court this week, uh, give an expert witness testimony. And why were we there? Because the, the homeowner's floor is cupped for two years in a row. Uh, it cupped when they moved in. It never went down. So it, it, it's a permanent cup. And there are no moisture records from the time of installation. And the builder's on the hook. And he's paying to have their floors sanded. Guys. How can there not be moisture records from time of installation? That's just crazy. You get a meter, you take your readings, you take a picture of your reading, and you email it to yourself. Or, Michael, I don't know if you remember, I think it was a few months ago, we came up with this method where create an email on your server. Let's, call, let's say it's called MC at CNR Flooring moisture content at CNR flooring and you just email the picture and then all your moisture content for every job is logged on to one email and you can just search by dates and in the subject matter you can put the address and the customer this is like one of the easiest things you can do to protect yourself so two years down the road you're not in court trying to answer to a problem excellent advice but yet there I am in court Watching a guy, he's going to pay because he can't do any, something so simple. So uh, I'm here to remind you, get your moisture readings. The other thing we had as an inspector this week was I had a, uh, a glue failure on a high-rise in New York. This, this particular install in New York failed because the adhesive that they used was not compatible with the sound barrier that the architect specced. It was a rubber back sound barrier and, uh, or the recycled rubber, excuse me. And they used an adhesive that wasn't compatible. So the adhesive stuck remarkably well to the hardwood floor and then didn't stick so well to the rubber. So this Park Avenue apartment's got bubbles everywhere. Guess what? The flooring guy is going to be on the hook for this because he didn't read the label on the on the glue so guys i uh if you're putting down that recycled rubber type sound barrier let's double check our adhesives and make sure we're using approved adhesives so so the bottom line is guys you got to read the labels and you know if you're not reading the label and you're not staying current well then you're the responsible party in every one of these moments and what we're trying to do is avoid causing you a headache that's going to cost you money it's that simple, man. So um, we bounced around on a few different topics today, Michael, but I feel like we're talking about things that we need to remind ourselves that these are the things you need to stay current on. You know, whether it's how am I going to organize and structure my scheduling? 
How am I going to keep my customer happy and let them know when we're going above and beyond? And communication, answer the phone and let everybody know what's going on. Because in this uncertain time, if you can be certain that your communication is open, you're not going to have a problem with your client. And that's that's my message of the day. Um, I'm good for uh, on the road in Ohio. Michael, you got anything you want to add before we wrap this up? I think this was a, a good one with a, with several different takeaways that are actionable, and um, I like it. So I look forward to doing this again in a, in a week or so. You got it, man. I look forward to it, too. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. Keep it real and have a great day.